Okay. So we'll give this like a 15-minute run, and we'll, uh, we'll have a, a break for five minutes so you can go and take some comfort until Ed arrives. We can start here by thinking about, well, this whole presentation is basically just giving you a flavor of all things property. So there'll be little bits and pieces that I'll talk about to supplement the points that are being made. And just to demonstrate, as I sort of quite uh, subtly say, you know, there's a lot more to property than buying and selling houses, because there's this sort of view of what property studies is around about. It's all about agency. It's all about buying and selling houses. However, there's a lot more to it. As we've just talked about with some of our guest speakers that are going to come along each week, this is the only week that I'll be sort of giving you some direct uh, content. Uh, there's going to be sorts of lots of ideas, and I think one particular idea that I'm going to put forward here is the view from residential property. So remember, there's all different sectors. So if you hear the word sector, there'll be things like commercial property that we talked about before. There's also residential property. And within commercial, you can start to subdivide that as well. So that'll be subdivided into things like, well, what, what could commercial property be subdivided into? If you sort of ask yourself that question, it could be things like hotels, could be offices, could be retail. Sometimes retail sits outside of that commercial typology. So there's... there's uh, blurred boundaries with which, uh, in, wa in ways in which we sort of start to chop off and think, think about what property is and, and, and how it uh, can be um, talked about and analysed and discussed and critiqued. So, as a sort of a start, so yeah, so this, this presentation is largely going to look at residential stuff. And when we say property, it can use, be used interchangeably with real estate. To my mind, property is quite an Australasian terminology, so it can be. Uh, essentially um, thought of in terms of land and buildings. And that would be the same if you talk about it in terms of real estate. It's quite a, an Americanism to talk about uh, real estate. Uh, but essentially, it's, it's the same thing, but with some subtle differences to it. Um, so property, we've got that infernus of ownership. So we'll talk a lot about ownership, and you'll see uh, terminology around tenure. So when you hear the word tenure, that sort of sets itself against this idea of ownership. So tenure might be things like owner-occupied. So if you own a house and occupy a house, or it could be uh, some sort of private rental. It could be social rented. It could be an investment. So there's different ways in which we can think about ownership. An investment sometimes, uh, in the New Zealand term, is basically if you own more than one property. That's what we'll start to see as, as, as an investment property. Uh, but ultimately, property has that element of realness, tangible nature of, of what it is, but it's also about ownership. So that's why pro property is quite um, unique in that regard. Ultimately, it's about land and buildings. That's why there's a lot, of, a lot of bleed into other disciplines, like the construction field, because we're dealing with buildings. There's that construction element. We're also dealing with geography and space, because we're dealing with land, which is obviously the whole entire uh, planet. Is, is what we're referring to. So property is such a big, big subject, and it's for us to try and narrow down and dissect it in minute ways. That's why we have such a, such a big uh, program and, and why it's referred to as a discipline in itself, like you would have, say, economics or marketing. Um, so that's some, some primers there. This, this particular slide is starting to reinforce what I was saying about the real in real estate. It's about the actual tangible physical stuff. It's not the necessarily always the intangible, like intellectual property, 
which would be different to real physical property. So that's some of those subtle differences that, that you'll, that you'll, that you'll realise as you, as, you, as you move through the course. Vacant land as well. So you know, from a development point of view, like Rob was talking about, this idea that you move from a, a vacant site, a greenfield maybe, all the way through to a central business district, commercial office space. So, so there's ways in which we can start to talk about um, even just land on its own and how that's part of the property sphere. So we talked about tangibility, things that are real, intangible, things that are more of the mind. We talked about uh, real estate. We talked about property and these ideas of ownership. Uh, in terms of property itself, this, this diagram in the, in the top right here is just demonstrating that land is not just the, the surface of the earth. We can start to delve into subterranean ideas around property. You, know, you think about transport, London Underground, for instance, uh, properties, basements, you know, start to dig in under the core uh, of, of, of the surface of the earth, we can sort of engage with property aspects. I think these other points are um, all quite sort of obvious to us, I'm sure, in terms of what land can provide. Uh, so hence having this connection to, to um, what we're looking at in, in property. So, you know, obvious things, you know, it's where we, where we live, a lot of this talk is going to be uh, about residential, so there's ideas of where we live, but where we work as well, uh, and where we play. Uh, in terms of recreational considerations, there's going to be a property need for, for recreation, there's going to be a property need from where you reside, there's going to be a property need for where you work. And this all changes, and it's all quite um, fluid in the way that society moves. There could be things that happen. COVID, for instance, changed the whole dynamic of how people work and, and play and live. You know, if people are uh, remaining at home, hybrid working, the change in landscape in relationship between, between work and, uh, and home is, 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 is manifest in property. That's the, the important bit here. Uh, ownership means that we, we talk a lot about legalities and legal rights and planning, codes, regulations, all those sorts of things are going to be talked about in the course. So be mindful of uh, bundles of rights Sometimes people will talk about an interest, so it's something worthwhile noting down, an interest in property. And different stakeholders and different people will have different interests in, in property. So there's, a, there's that, that aspect in, le in legal terms. Strangely, uh, property likes to divide things up into uh, urban and rural categories. Um, to my mind, I think it's largely about valuation. Uh, in terms of rural valuation often sits within... Uh, how an income approach is, is occurring in terms of, say, a farm, in terms of the income that a farm generates, whereas the urban aspect tends to be a little bit more about comparables and, as Mark talked about, that sort of market consideration uh, in an urban setting. So for one, for some strange discipline twist, this is way in which we sort of carve up the property world into urban and rural and um, these other sectors that, that sit between these uh, in terms of commercial, residential and industrial I've not mentioned as well. Industrial sits there as well as a, as a sector in property. Also, uh, while these ideas flow through my mind, there's things like uh, infrastructure that are going to play a big part in what property does, how it's produced, how it's consumed, how it's distributed. So if someone lives in one space, works in one space, the infrastructure between those places is going to play a big part in how value, for instance, is, is ported between where someone works and where someone lives. So, so infrastructure plays a big part. Not transport infrastructure, things like uh, utilities, 
water, electricity, all those things play a part in how, how value can be moved around places. That's why conversations around, say, um, light rail in Auckland, for instance, is really changing the whole uh, value landscape of, of the city because suddenly money, you know, physical movement can happen. That means value can move around place. So um, there's place and there's connection between place that sits within property. This slide just basically sort of saying uh, land use is, is, is another significant part of this. And, and land use change in, in a... This is talking in a, in a more sort of societal sense in terms of how societal needs change. I just talked about that hybrid working, uh, the way in which, say, the last 10 years and the internet and, and how we work uh, on, a, on a digital space um, changes what the land use needs are. But also from a regulatory point of view, land use can change. So a planning department, uh, central government say, well, this particular space uh, is only and can only be used for agricultural uh, uses, or it might be suddenly by the, the stroke of a pen say, no, this can now be commercial space. And that straight away changes the value of a particular, uh, particular space on the earth and particular property. So, so land use and land use changes. And there's some examples in this slide, you know, things in change of population. For a lot of you, there's all, I always find property and property economics. I, I said in the last session, I'm a, I'm a secret economist. And we can certainly say that, well, for those that really know their economics, you know, a function of demand is a change in population. So if you have more population, more people want to be in a, a particular space and use property. So that would tend to increase, increase price. Uh, so population plays a part. Wealth is important to property. Because we're talking about um, capital values here. So if you think about property, it can generate income, and it also can have a capital value attached to that. So that means that wealth plays a part. It's not just just income. Technology. Um, yeah. So all these those play, play a nice, interesting way in which land, how land is used. And you know, land itself can, can change. If we think of land, I, I tend to think of terra firma, but what about water? In a lot of um, uh, locations, certainly... New Zealand and the UK, everywhere, water and the, uh, the boundaries of a particular island will be able to be uh, considered as land, you know, as a classification. So there's interesting ways in which water plays a part in property. So don't always just think it's soil terra firma, the way water plays a part. And that's, you know, for me, you and um, the planet, we, we, we're seeing a lot more ways in which floods uh, are going to have an impact, coastal erosion, all those sorts of things change the dynamic of what property is. So um, adverse events there starts to play into that idea of how uh, the physical nature of the planet changing as well as societal needs changing and how that's played out in property and land use needs and, and the actual regulations of land use change. 